All right, welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot Podcast. We've got Kyle here joining me for our weekday special. Uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, our picks. Uh, we got a, a fun new segment that we want to introduce, so we'll hop right in with with the uh, somber news that is the Raiders are now 3-1. and one. Um, Honestly, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that they would start 3-1, and one, I would have taken it for sure. Uh, but losing in the fashion that we did to the Chargers was obviously a little disheartening. Um, we, we went down 21 nothing in the first half and really just looked like we were shell-shocked. Um, couldn't do anything on offense. I think we had a total of 53 yards in the first half. No, 59 yards in the first half and 53 yards penalized. So almost as many penalty yards as we had total yards from scrimmage uh car got hit several times in the first half um alex leatherwood had a couple penalties in the first half and quite honestly he got away with one uh towards the end of the game um, against joey bosa hooked him pretty good joey got actually joey got penalized for throwing a fit about it uh, got an unsportsmanlike conduct and then after the game really let the the refs have it um uh, on, on that play, I think he was definitely in the right there um, because he definitely got held. But to say that the refs were, were one-sided is an understatement in that game. Um, Darren Waller got flagged for a taunting penalty when he literally just got up and sp- spiked the ball to the ground in excitement and then ran off back onto the field. And they said since he spiked it on the opposing sideline it's taunting even though it wasn't directed at anyone didn't look at anyone didn't say anything to anyone literally just spiked it and ran back to the huddle and that's taunting now so um obviously seem to be calling a lot of these now well and that's the thing is they usually do this like they'll have a point of emphasis and then after week six or so they have got enough people to buy in that they don't care but like and I totally under what I would have understood if Waller would have you know got up got in the guy's face and started jarring at him and then spiked the ball or something absolutely that's taunting but that's not what happened so um that was our first first down of the game and then they basically took away the 15 yard reception by giving us a 15 yard penalty so uh, total drive killer not that we had anything going at all but ended up punting on that drive and at that point we were only down 14 nothing and typically that's the drive where we score right before the half and then you know it's it's still a game Uh, but unfortunately instead of scoring we ended up punting and then we gave up one more touchdown right before the half so 21 nothing is is a huge deficit to overcome and quite honestly we we almost did it anyway came back scored 14 points unanswered in the in the second half had the ball, um, forced a punt, got the ball back to start the fourth quarter. Uh, Carr hit rugs on a absolute bomb. I think it was 55-yard completion on a on a go route. If Carr would have just thrown a little bit farther, it probably would have been a touchdown. But Ruggs had to kind of make a dive, and well, at first he he slowed down and then made a dive to to catch it and ended up, like I said, 55 yards. Put us about the 40. Had a, a five-yard play on on second or on first down, 
Second down, we, we try to run up the middle, which hadn't been working all day, and our ground game has just been atrocious. So it's third and three, and for some reason, we, we try throwing a, a deep pass instead of just getting what we needed. And Carr gets sacked, takes us out of field goal range. Well, not really. I mean, it was a 55-yard field goal or so, and Carlson missed it. So um, obviously that's not ideal, and that definitely swung the momentum in the Chargers favor they go down and score so it's 28 14 and that's what the game ended up um, what went wrong a, lo a lot of things quite honestly our offensive line play has been like I said awful um, especially Alex Leatherwood our, our first round right tackle I think he's the worst rated uh, right tackle in the game of football right now if you go by PFF rankings and then our center was He's right there towards the bottom as well. I think he's 38 out of 39 qualifying or something like that. So uh, those two players especially have been highlighted in the in the struggles. Um, but we also have backup guards on both sides of the of the center, and then Colton Miller's our only starter that's carried over from last year. So um, obviously some of that line struggles to be expected. Uh, especially when you're going up against a Joey Bosa and Brandon Staley, honestly, very, very much impressed with his scheme and his understanding of, of how to get pressure. Um, we had the running back in to, to help chip against um, Leatherwood and, and Bosa, obviously, and they would send someone up the middle when, when they could get him, and so the running back would have to go get the, the blitzing linebacker or leave Leatherwood alone against Bosa, which was not ideal. Yeah. So they were generating a ton of pressure. Carr was honestly doing very well for, for what he was facing. Um, and Bosa made some comments after the game that I quite frankly just don't agree with at all. But um, I don't really want to even give him much more credit just by bringing <laughs> attention to it. But uh, he's got he's got the team fired up, so that's that's a good thing. Obviously, Carr's not happy about what Joey said, and his line really wants to help him prove that that's not what happened. Obviously, so uh, right. we'll catch them at the end of the season, the very last game, uh, week 18. We'll play them again. I very much expect us to win that matchup. Um, I think there was just a lot of things that went wrong, and obviously, like I said, offensive line struggling. We also had all three of our starting uh, cornerbacks get injured in the first half. And honestly, Nate Hobbs got injured in the right in the fourth quarter. So we, we were without our top four cornerbacks, which is never a good thing to be. And no. honestly, as long as the defense had been out on the, the field uh, at towards the end, you could tell they were gassed and Eckler was just running wild to, to end the game. So. A uh, few things they got to patch up. Obviously, the offensive line, they have to start better than they have. Um, all th all four of their games so far, they've been having late starts where they're basically not doing much in the first half, and then obviously they end up coming out in the second half playing better. But the first half is when you're supposed to be scripted out and, and honestly playing your yep. best football on offense, and that's definitely not been the case. So. I think something's got to change with the, 
the script that Gruden's putting out there for the offense and execution's got to be a lot better to start the game as well. So, but like I said, three and one, so we'll live with it. And uh, what about your team? How are they doing? <clears throat> well, I am on the opposite side of that. We are one and three. Um, it's more of the same for us this past week playing Green Bay and Lambeau. I knew it was going to be a tough game anyways. Um, but we actually, we've had some of the same problems this year, starting out really slow and we actually came out and scored on a, um, Deontay Johnson touchdown to start us off on the opening drive. So I was feeling a whole lot better. Um, offense was moving, things were going good. And there, from there on, I mean, the run game again, never got going. The line is still struggling. Um, I don't know. This game would have been a very different game if there's two passes that stick out to me the most, and they were both to Juju. And he had his guy beat without safety over the top, and Big Ben missed him twice. And both plays would have been touchdowns, hands down. I mean, it would have been – he'd have walked in. Um, so it's a little frustrating because that would have been big momentum changers, and the offense was moving at that time. And both times it just it's it just killed us. Uh, so it's more of the same right now. The line and the run game's got to get going. Uh, Big Ben did look better at times this week, so I'm hoping that that's building. Maybe he's you know maybe we can make some progress there. Um, and the defense was better, but still needs to step up. Our our cornerbacks uh, were a little exposed this past week. And uh, old Aaron Rodgers took took advantage of it, but we'll see. We got a matchup. We got a matchup this week that I'm hoping, you know, we can get a win and build off of. Even though they're a three and one team, I think we do match up a lot better than some of the other teams we've played. So uh, we'll see what happens. But more of the same. (laughs) Um, I don't really have anything much to add with baseball this week, other than. There's still a lot of rumors saying that Billy Bean and Bob Melvin and probably some others would be heading to the New York Mets as the as the favorite. So for to land that job, um, obviously that would not be great for the A's, but I think I could definitely see it happening. I'm interested to see what happens with the negotiations over this uh, off season because that's going to shape what what happens with the future of the sport. Obviously. Um, if there's a, a floor, a salary floor that's in, instituted, the A's are going to have to start pl- paying players whether they like it or not. And I'm definitely hopeful. definitely hopeful that that happens because obviously that will force us to at least start signing some players or giving players extensions, which we haven't been doing for quite some time. Uh, right. The, the other thing that <clears throat> I think would help with that is – you won't see these teams like the Giants winning 107 games. That's, I mean, the Mariners in, I think it was 2001, set the record with, I think it was 110 wins in a season. But that's been few and far between. But it's I crazy. think this is going to be the new the new norm, the way that teams are tanking. Um, and they're getting matched up with other divisions that have teams that are tanking. It's not just one team in their division that they're beating up on. So... 
Um, I would love to see them put that salary floor in with the caveat. I don't want to see the <clears throat> salary tax threshold lowered. I want to see that stay the same or increase. Uh, so it's a net gain for the players. Um, but with that, I mean, the only other thing I really had to add with baseball is Yankees were eliminated from the playoffs uh, in the wild card game for the AL. And then the National League wild yep. card is going on right now. It's currently a one-to-one ball game uh, going into the top of the eighth. So not a lot of action on the, the base pass, but both pitchers have been pitching well. Um, Adam Wainwright and then Max Scherzer, although Scherzer looked like he was a little off today. Um, he allowed that early run and was kind of having a hard time commanding his pitches, which has been a, a theme in the last couple starts. He's been out there. He's pitched well comparatively to the rest of the league, but for him it's been definitely off. Yeah. So uh, he's out of the game now. It looks like Trinan just shut the – or is coming in to face the, the Cardinals at the top of the eighth. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm definitely excited for play, playoff baseball, but – Definitely not as much as I would be if my team were in it. So, uh, <laughs> weird. Just wanted to get that out there before we we jump into our new segment of the week. The uh, uh, before we do that, the only thing I wanted to add, baseball wise, um, for as far as the Pirates, the last few games of the season, we actually brought up O'Neill Cruz, who's, I mean, he's just been lighting up our farm league, and he's probably our best batter. I would say in our entire prospect list and he just showed up in a just amazing way. He's hit great the whole time he's been up. So um, word is that he's going to get the start at shortstop maybe next season. So, um, or at least be on the roster. Yeah. So what's really cool about him <laughs> is he's six, seven. Whoa. As a shortstop. So, yeah. That's oh Yeah. <laughs> It's a very, very weird look, um, but his bat is what I'm the most excited for. Um, I don't know that he'll stay at shortstop. We'll see what yeah. happens, but um, I'm most excited about his bat. Well, so that's really the only thing I have for Pirates. We'll see what our team looks like next year. But Yeah, if he's got a good bat and can play shortstop, he can play anywhere else. So typically that type of frame right. ends up at first base or outfield. But And if he's if he's a, plays at shortstop, Absolutely. he's got an arm. So corner outfield makes a lot of sense there too. But um, yeah, no, I I wish I had something exciting to say about DAs bringing up a, an exciting prospect. They they do have one down there in Nick Allen. He's also a shortstop, great at bat, uh, great defensive player. But instead of bringing him up, they brought up Pete Cosma, which has bounced around the league for I don't know. He's one of those journeyman players that kind of just bounces around minor league systems. Right. Uh, they brought him up for the last three games of, of their season, which did not go well against the Astros, which is why I haven't talked about it. Um, but <laughs> it was kind of just, hey, we, we love that you have stuck around and, and you're playing well in the minor league, so we're going to get you up here rather than bringing up an exciting prospect. So, um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird off season for the A's. Like I said, that salary floor being implemented would definitely benefit them because they wouldn't be able to just ship everyone off like they normally do during these rebuilding seasons. Um, and quite honestly, what I hope it does is 
forces Fisher to sell the team because he doesn't want to put more than 80 million in the in the payroll. And if they're required right. to put at least 100, he's gonna. There goes his piggy bank. So I hope he says, "All right, well, I bought it for this much. I can sell it for this much. I'll take my money and run." And that's what I'm really hoping for because he's the bane of the A's existence. I think it'd be win-win for both of you. So. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so like I mentioned before we got back into baseball is we have a new segment. Still don't know that we don't have a name for it yet. So uh, right now we're just going to call it best of the week and worst of the week. And like it alludes to, we're going to pick one thing from sports or whatever, uh, whatever we want to talk about and something that's the best of the week and then something that's the worst of the week, just like it says, uh, to kick it off. I'm going to have you go first for your best of the week. Okay. Um, I, I was kind of torn a little bit. I, I actually really wanted to give this to uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets just because they finally got the uh, the elusive W. Yeah. But uh, I also could not bring myself. I typed it out and deleted it. So um, I actually really had to go with because if anybody that's listened, I'm super high on the Rams this year. I still For think sure. Stafford and them are going to go very, very far. But with that being said, Arizona looked so good in that game against the Rams. The Rams, they had some good drives. They looked good as well. Obviously, they didn't get the win. But the, my prediction for that game ended up actually being um, reversed. I thought that the Rams' defense was going to be the deciding factor. And really, I think Arizona's defense stepped up. Yep. Um, and, man, seeing Kyler Murray dodging Aaron Donald – he does not ever look silly, but he looked silly in that game. Yeah. It was, it was impressive. So that's, that's mine. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I didn't get to watch that one live, but I did record the the replay. So I'll have to go back and watch that one when I have a little bit more time because that was one I was excited for. There was a handful of plays, including a handful from Aaron Donald that – any other quarterback in the league would have been down and I'm including Mahomes. I'm including, you know, Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray is unreal as far as his, uh, um, shiftiness, you know, in tight spaces. So our boy, John, uh, yeah, truck sticked him. Well, yeah, it's a different approach, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like Kyler it. Murray I like, like is one of those guys that I am super, like, I like him. But I also hate him because he should be on my baseball team instead of playing football. Drafted him in the first round, let him play Oklahoma as a favor to him, and then he gets drafted in the NFL and decides to go that route. But, yeah, he's an exciting player. Uh, my best of the week is the Fangio and Harbaugh beef. So I don't know if you saw this. At the end of the, the Denver and, and – uh, Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, the game was decided. The Broncos got the ball. Fourth quarter. They're just trying to see what they can do. Um, in that game, Bridgewater went out and Drew Locke took over. And basically from the point Locke stepped in the game, Denver didn't do anything. Honestly, before uh, Bridgewater had yeah. a couple bad series and then got concussed. Um, but anyway, they're driving down the field in the garbage time. Baltimore's playing their prevent defense, just kind of letting them go down the field, eating up the clock. 
they've got like 30 seconds left and Fangio starts to call timeouts so they can try a couple shots at the end zone to score in a meaningless game. I think they were down 16 at this point. So it was, uh, yeah, not something you normally see in the end of the game that can't be overcome. But yeah, Fangio starts calling timeouts to try to score the touchdown and end up turning the ball over. So Harbaugh gets the ball back and they have five yard, no, four yards to gain to, to get over 100 yards rushing for the game. And normally you'd see teams just take a knee and end the game, but because they had this record in their sights, uh, Lamar Jackson does a quarterback keeper, goes for five yards, and then gives himself up to, to get the 100-yard streak or keep the 100-yard streak alive <laughs> for 43 games in a row. Uh, after the game, obviously, Fangio was asked about what he thought about it, and he said it was pretty much BS. He can't believe that, that, that they would do it. And then he's like, actually, I do believe it because of who they are. And then Arbaz asked about his response, and he says, huh, I didn't know there was a 16-point play in football. That's weird. And everyone was just like, what? And then, you know, obviously alluded to Fangio yeah. trying to score a touchdown at the end of the game in meaningless time. So uh, that was my best of the week, just that beef going on between those two teams. And the best part was Broncos lost. So um, <laughs> how about your, your worst of the week? Um, unfortunately, um, I, I alluded to it in my, in my Steeler game. Um, I, I want to make it abundantly clear. Like, I don't think Big Ben is a lost cause. I do no. think that there's some issues. I think he's still the best one. He gives us the best chance to win out of our current quarterback stable. Um, I want to make that clear, but as I alluded to those two Juju Smith-Schuster passes, I mean, he missed him by like a yard and a half twice. So there's there's something up there as far as delivery, whatever. Juju's running good routes. It's it's I know it's not a bad route, and he's got his guy beat, and Ben's got to hit him on those. I think it's that pick. Um, they were both they both would have capped off two drives. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really I hate to I hate to call him my worst of the week because. There's probably more deserving, but this one is what's sticking out in my mind because it hits home. But I think we would have been in that ball game all the way to the end, and who knows? I mean, momentum is a huge thing. So had we gotten two very long touchdowns, I mean, it could have changed how that game ended up. So I'm really hoping for a rebound from him against a, uh, a Denver defense. Yeah. My worst of the week was easy for me. Um, Urban Meyer. <laughs> this one's bad. So – but I'm they sure. started out so good. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they they actually look competitive in that game. Uh, for but part of it, for some reason, Urban Meyer after the game decided to stay, not fly home with the team, and <laughs> ends up a trending video on social media because he had some young lady grinding on him in his favorite hometown bar where there's a picture of him and his wife in this bar. Um, So, yeah, like... Classy. He's he's always been like... I liked him when he was at Utah, and then he left Utah for Florida. And from that point on, like, 
the whole time he was saying, no, I'm not interested in any jobs. I'm staying here and then does that. And then he pulls the BS with his health at Florida so he can go to Ohio State. He's really just a snake. And like, honestly, at this point, it seems like he's trying to get fired. So he gets that guaranteed money and then he can go crawling back to the NCAA where players actually have to respect him where he can deal with yep. kids instead of grown men. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The whole situation's bad, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's terminated for cause or resigns by the end of the season. In fact, I wonder what the odds are to for him making it through the end of the year. Can't say they're probably that good. <laughs> but... No, I, I would I would put money on him being done before the end of the year than I would him finishing. So yeah, That's it's bad. It is but, really bad. Um, I think the only other I mean, there's a couple guys or a couple roster moves going on right now. Players getting picked up and and released and whatever. Yeah. Um, I th- I think the main one was Stephon Gilmore, defensive player of the year last year. I it's believe. A big one. Maybe two years ago. Can't remember. But either way. Uh, the Pats announced uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Okay, so the the Pats announced that they were going to cut him, um, and at the last minute, Carolina swooped in and offered him a sixth round pick for them to to have first rights for him. Uh, this is kind of a, a curious move for me. Obviously, if the Raiders could have given up given up a sixth round pick for him, uh, I would have said go for it for sure. Uh, but the right. weird thing to me is. He's not going to want to play under that contract. That's what his whole beef with New England is. So with them <clears throat> trading for him, they now oh, now they take over that contract. And then the other part of this is now he can't play until week seven because he was on the PUP, the yeah. physically unable to perform list with the Patriots. So with the trade, that transfers over to Carolina. Uh, so the earliest he can play for them is now week seven, where if he would have just been cut, any team obviously would have been able to sign him for any amount of money. Um, he would have got yeah. that guaranteed money from Patriots if there was any left, but he also would have been able to play immediately rather than having to wait until week seven. Obviously, that's only two games from now, but two games are pretty meaningful when you're in a tight race. So, um what do you think of the the Panthers picking him up? Um, this is one of those things. Like Stephon Gilmore is such a good corner. I mean, obviously, um, you know he's got a reputation, winning Defense Player of the Year a couple of years ago. Like he's, I mean, he's a stud on the field. He he really does change the landscape of a field as far as your defense goes. But he, he's kind of become this pariah, which a lot of players do this to themselves. Um, ideally, I would love for him to come into Carolina with a good attitude and the right approach and everything. You know, they would probably work out a, another deal with him. They might restructure. I think um, that's probably already in the works, honestly. he's. I would assume that they wanted to just because they made the offer and they, yeah. they're not stupid. And I would have guessed they probably but I, I'm afraid he's with. Right. With him before they made that trade, I, but go on. I Sorry. think it's a great pickup for him. No, you're fine. I just going to say, I think it's a great pickup for him. I mean, he makes any defense better. He really does. He's one of those guys. 
Um, chances are he's better than at least one corner on your team. For sure. <laughs> to well, say the least. And Carolina just traded for, I want to say it was Henderson from Jacksonville last week. So, uh, no, it was um, D. Arnold, their tight end. Not Darnold, but D. Arnold. No, they traded for a Oh, no, sorry, sorry. They traded him to Jacksonville. Yes, I to apologize. Jacksonville for, I want to say it was Henderson, their cornerback. It, that, it, that was the same trade, yeah. I yep, can't remember yep. what the name was, but. I'll look it up. I mixed my teams up there, but. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I. Not a tight end, but. I think it's a good pickup. I just will see how it translates and what happens as far as the contract stuff and off the field. So we'll see what yeah. happens. C.J. Henderson for Dan Arnold. There we go. There we go. So, yeah. But so they, they have two new starting cornerbacks. And quite honestly, I think the Panthers are definitely in that division race. Um, as long as they can get CMC back and word is he, he might practice, might play this week. It's going to be a game time decision. So if he doesn't play this week, he'll probably be back next week, which my fantasy team nice. definitely needs. Because <laughs> it hasn't been the same without him. But For sure. Uh, I think that's all the trade news so far. I would be interested to see <clears throat> if any other big trades happen before the end of the season. Uh, like I said a couple of episodes ago, keep an eye on Coleo Mack in, in Chicago. Yeah. I think that's a name that might be moved. So, uh, Without further ado, do you want to take a quick break or do you want to just jump right into the picks? I'd say let's just jump right in. All right. Go ahead and lead us off. All right. So we're just going to go off the schedule here. So first first game of the week is tomorrow night. Uh, we got the L.A. Rams going into Seattle. Uh, who you got in that one? Uh, so normally I would lean, especially in this division, towards the home team. But I do not think Seattle is the team that they used to be. And again, if you've listened to me before, I'm super high on the Rams and Stafford, and I think they're going to come in and just deal a blow to Seattle in their in their home field. Yeah, I think I also have the Rams. I think the Rams were coming off a high beating Tampa Bay and, and kind of had one of those letdown games last yeah. week against the Cardinals. Uh, Seattle definitely doesn't look like a great team, especially on defense. So I've got the Rams in this one probably handily, even though it is in Seattle. Uh, next game, oh, do we want to say rafts as well, or should we just post those? Uh, we'll just post them, and okay. then if he if he wins, we'll give him a shout-out. Thanks again, Raph, for uh, putting some picks up. We really appreciate you hopping on and interacting with us a little bit. So For sure. Uh, John didn't have his picks in before we recorded, so we'll probably just have to get to his on Sunday, and obviously we'll post them whenever we get them. So. Uh, that post will come Absolutely. out tomorrow sometime. Uh, Jets and Jets come into town to visit the Falcons, both one and three teams. Who you got in that yes. one? Uh, I'm, I'm having old Zach Wilson riding the high from last week, and they're going to go into, into Atlanta and, and beat up on the Dirty Birds a little bit. Um, I don't know. This was such a toss-up game for me. They're both awful. Uh, I don't know. I ended up going, like I said, they're they're coasting in as as champions of last week, and they're going to do it again and get get their second win. Yeah, I went the other way in this one. I went with Atlanta. Uh, I still believe in their 
offensive side of the football. Uh, defense, yeah. maybe not so much. But like I said, I love Arthur Smith. I think he's going to make a good, a good coach there. And I think he's going to get the best out of his team. And I think you're starting to see that with – I can't remember who they played last week, but it was a pretty close game if I remember right. So uh, yeah. I think they're going to keep building on it and, and win this game over the Jets. Uh, really all I have for that one. And yeah. the next game is a interdivision rivalry. We got the Lions going into the Vikings. And for the first and probably only time this week – I'm taking Minnesota. Did I say um, week? I, I mean think, this year. Excuse me. Yeah, I know what you meant. Um, I actually, I think Minnesota has played better than I thought they would, even in some of their losses. Um, they've hung in there a little bit, and I think just being at home, they're gonna they're gonna have a leg up on Detroit. Um, Detroit really I mean, let Detroit, us down last week. Oof. Yeah. I really thought it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin <laughs> Fields did. actually played a pretty good game against them. So. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to the next one, we got Saints and the Washington football team. Yeah, this is this is actually my trap game of the week. Um, I mean, when you look at this game, you should pick New Orleans, and I did. I do have New Orleans winning this game. But uh, – the Saints have been really up and down, so this very easily could be one of those games that Washington ends up pulling off the upset. So we'll see, yeah. but I do have New Orleans pick. I think this was the hardest one this week for me. I also went with New Orleans, but had yeah. a bad feeling about it. So definitely would not be surprised if Washington won this one. Uh, Heineke's yeah. playing pretty well, and Terry McLaurin went off last week. So I think I was going to say he was it. pretty. <laughs> Heineke was pretty fired up that whole fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, the camera stayed on him, and he was, I mean, he was fired up. So, we'll see. And then we have another matchup between one and three teams. Uh, yeah. One and three Patriots going into the the Houston Texans. I think these two teams definitely have different projections from where they're going to go with these one and three records. Yeah. Who you got in this one? Uh, I actually agree with that last statement wholeheartedly. I think New England's got a good shot at being 500. Um, you know, maybe a, a game or two more. We'll see. But uh, I, I pick New England just because I think they're still a more complete team. And Bill Belichick's always going to have that team ready regardless of, you know, post-Tom Brady era or whatever. Uh, Houston is still a dumpster fire. You never really know what you're going to get week to week. So, um, had to go with New England. Have you heard where Tyrod is in his recovery process? I haven't, and I actually read a really cool article um, about him. Uh, I thought it was really neat. I believe it was one of the Bills, um, like, beat writers, and he actually wrote a whole article to Tyrod Taylor thanking him for basically – he was like the beginning of – coming out of the darkness in Buffalo because when he, you know, showed up and started playing, they started winning some games and then all of a sudden they've built from there. Um, I just thought it was, I thought it was a really cool article. So um, not that that answered your question. I'll have to look, I don't know, but uh, I really like Tyrod Taylor. So I hope, it, I hope it's not too long. Uh, 
I just saw the the headline that it was a Bills okay. writer just that quick. like did like a shout out a thank you to him, which I thought was really really cool. While you were talking about that, I looked it up. It says he'll be back in a couple of weeks. So looks like it won't be season ending at least, but we'll see in a couple of weeks That's where good. he's at. Uh, moving on, we got Dolphins going into Tampa Bay. Dolphins coming off a, a terrible loss, letting me down. <laughs> one and three going into visit the uh, yes. Buccaneers, three and one. Who you got in that one? <sighs> yeah, I'm pretty upset with you about that last week, actually. You, you, you kind of convinced me to change my pick there late, and uh, I shouldn't have. But uh, they're going into Tampa Bay, and you – at the end of the day, they still got number 12 behind the center, so Tampa Bay is going to win that one at home. Yeah, this one was another one that I actually struggled with. On paper, it looks like Bucks should be far and away favorites, uh, but yeah. obviously Brady coming off that emotional win. Uh, I don't know. This one just had me feeling weird, but yeah, I also went with the Bucks. Still don't feel good about it, especially Brian Flores. Yeah. Knows knows Tom Brady quite well and probably knows some of his weaknesses, etc. I just don't know For if sure. they have well, the firepower on offense to get it done to beat the Bucks defense. Especially Richard Sherman didn't look too bad in that last game, so And he'll probably only get better. Yeah, for sure. So uh next game, a matchup of three and ones. Packers going into Cincinnati to face the Bengals. Who you got in this one? Uh, I, I definitely have Green Bay taking this one. I think they're two three and one teams with basically inverted projections. Um, Green Bay started out rough, and I think they're starting to build on things now and looking a little better. And I think Cincinnati is a bloated three and one team. Um, they're, if you look at the rest of the three and one teams in the league, they're just they're not on that level in my opinion, and I think Green Bay will take the win. Yeah, I also took the Packers, but I think it'll be a lot closer than most people are projecting. I want to say the spread on this one was like eight and a half, if I remember right. So I'd take the the Bengals with the points, but taking the the Packers yeah. in the pick'em. So uh, Logan Wilson maybe gets one from uh, Aaron Rodgers this week. We'll see. He's he's doing well. Your matchup of the week. You got the three and one Broncos coming in to visit Heinz Field and your yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Denver's another one of those three and one teams that you know. Obviously, they had a favorable record or a favorable schedule. Um, I really think we'll match up better with these guys than we have some of the other teams we played. And I'm really hoping for the win at home and give us something to build on because we need something. For sure. I also went with Steelers in this one. Um, Bridgewater is progressing through concussion protocols, but they still don't know if he'll be ready in time for the game. Uh, Drew Locke's obviously not a great quarterback, but this offense isn't good. Their defense is, but... I think the Steelers can – I think it'll be a really low-scoring game. Steelers will overcome it, show some life. Hopefully Ben stays upright and doesn't get banged up any further, and they yeah. put this one away. Um, Panthers – oh, sorry, Eagles visiting the Panthers. Nope. Who you got in that one? 
Um, so this one was I struggled with, and I probably shouldn't have. Um, I still I got Philly winning this game as kind of like my upset for the week. Um, a lot of it, I don't know. <laughs> I think Philadelphia has so much potential on that team, and I don't think they've cracked into it yet. And I think they can pull off a win here because Carolina is not on the top end of say the three and one teams. Um, we'll see. I don't know. It was, it was kind of my, my wild card pick. Yeah. I picked Carolina in this one. Um, I think they're building towards being worthy of their record. I agree. Especially with the trades they've made. If I don't know, obviously, like I said, Stefan can't come into this game. He won't be available for the next couple yeah. of weeks. But I think they're definitely building. Darnold looks a lot better than he did in New York. Uh, getting some momentum. I think Chuba can at least mimic CMC's role. Um, obviously, he's not at quite the level that Chuba is, but they've got some right. uh, DJ Moore's playing very well at wide receiver. Defense is good, so... I think it's going to keep him in most games, and quite honestly, I just don't believe in the Eagles on either side of the ball. So for this one, it was actually an easy pick for me, which means it'll probably be wrong. <laughs> going on to the you. next one, we've got the Titans coming off the loss to the 0-3 New York Jets, going in to visit yep. the 0-4 Jaguars. Do they do they have a repeat performance and lose to another winless team? Absolutely not. I think that team is pissed off, and you're going to see a motivated Derrick Henry stuffing it down Jacksonville's face all day. Yeah. Um, that team's going to come out fired up. I think so, too. And honestly, the the Urban Meyer stuff is the only like wild card in this. I also picked Tennessee, yeah. but that team might come out and, and be – pissed off and, and win in spite of him rather than for him. Uh, but I I still think even with Todd Downing as offensive coordinator, they can still beat the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So, But Trevor Lawrence did look a lot better last game, so that was one bright spot for them. He's, got, he's building a little bit. So our next game, uh, Cleveland is going into the uh, – to L.A. to go play the Chargers, who just came off of, obviously, their win against uh, your Raiders. Uh, well, who do you got, Bill? Well, barring another uh, lightning delay, I've got the Chargers in this one. They look like they're playing good football. Um, obviously, Herbert's playing well. Uh, Eckler's playing the best he's been playing in his career. Uh, they've got... Yeah. I think five guys catching the ball that are over six four, so matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. Browns aren't playing well right for now, sure. and uh, Baker, yeah, he doesn't look very good right now. I know they're three and one, but I think they they have some concerns. For um, sure. And I, this is what I, you know, removing myself from an division, you know, perspective, but. This has always been my thing with Baker is he can flash, but he's got to sustain it to be in the talks for these top end quarterbacks. And so far he has not been able to sustain it season to season. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I got, like I said, I got the chargers as well. Taking this one. Sidebar real quick. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, they're going to have to make a decision on him, uh, whether they pick up the fifth year yeah. option, I think after this year, do you think they do that? 
and obviously if they do, that means they're planning on extending him. I actually really do think that they will pick up his fifth-year option. Um, just because there's so many unknowns in, say, drafting a quarterback and, you know, things of that nature. I think I think they're still very high on him. Um and that may end up biting him in the end, but I think they'll pick up his fifth year and give him one more shot to to prove what they do. Fair enough. All right. I just I just think it's you can't it's a risk you can't take in this league. Is if you have even a serviceable quarterback, you're a leg up on you know the bottom ten teams. Yep. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Next one. Oh, your game. The return of Khalil Mack. Uh, Bears coming into to Las Vegas. Raiders obviously coming off that bad win or bad loss to the Chargers. Uh, Bears are playing, played pretty well, obviously, last week. Uh, I think they won 24-10, yeah. so pretty good showing. Um, obviously, it was against the Lions, so you want to put some some weight behind that, but not a lot. I've got the Raiders in this one. Yeah. Um, I think they'll come out sharp because there's a lot of people questioning if that three and if those three wins are real, even though they are against good teams. So uh, I think yeah. they will not have the same the same problems they've been having starting games in this one. And quite honestly, I'd take I don't know what the spread is, but I'd probably take the Raiders in this one regardless of spread. So I agree. Um, I just think. At the end of the day, you guys are a far more complete team. You're at home. You are coming off a loss to a division rival. I think you're going to come out chippy early. And all I can say is you guys aren't Detroit. So I think I think Chicago's in trouble here. Yeah. Well, and the, I think if one team has a worse offensive line than us, the Bears are one of them. So, and we have some guys that are ready to hit the quarterback, obviously. So. For sure. Hey. Fields is going to have a long game, but moving on, we got this one's a another good matchup. Always division matchups are great. So, got the Niners going in to visit the Cardinals. Yeah. Who you got in this one? I mean, you you heard me talk about the best of the week being Kyler Murray and these guys. Um, they've impressed the hell out of me this year. I really think they are. They're going to be a dangerous team. They're not somebody I'd want to run into in the playoffs. Um, and for that reason, I just – I really do think that they're going to – I mean, they're going to beat San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco is as good um, a team all around as Arizona. So, yes, they've they've flashed. And I know a lot of people were high on San Francisco, but I just don't see it. I got Arizona taking it. Yeah. Well, and this could be Trey Lance's first start. I know they said Garoppolo could miss a couple weeks, and last I saw, they said he's questionable and probably a game-time decision for this. I don't know if that's game, just gamesmanship where they're trying to make him prepare for both quarterbacks or if he's right. if his injury wasn't really that bad. But either way, I've got the Cardinals. Um, Garoppolo's not a great quarterback, and then Trey Lance in his first game, probably not going to be super good either. So coming off the big win against the Rams. I've got the Cardinals in this one. So next one. And then our next, Oh, go ahead. Oh, all right. It's uh, the giants one and three going in to play the Cowboys that are three and one. 
I think this one uh, was easy for me. It was very easy for me for a multitude of reasons. Um, Dallas is obviously a better team right now. They've played some really good games. Even that loss they had uh, week one was – they played a very good game. Um, with that being said, the Giants have also bit me so many times this season. <laughs> yes, they have. I cannot pick them again. So, uh, I mean, I think Dak Prescott comes in and just has a heyday at home. I can't remember who they played last – oh, the Saints. They beat the Saints last week. Um, yep. That surprised the hell out of me. But, yeah, I've you still got – Cowboys are playing really well. I've got them winning this division again. They're at home, coming off a big win against Carolina. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. And then for the Sunday night football game, this is one I'm fired up for. Um, yeah, this is about as got, good a game as you can ask for. Got the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills going into Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes in them. Um, this one... It seems like a lot of people are picking the Bills, and that kind of scares me. But Yeah, so <laughs> I struggled with this for that reason because there's so many times in a season that, like, the, the team that loses this game, they beat you in the playoffs. Yeah. And so <laughs> in my head I was like, all right, I don't want Buffalo to win this game. But I think this is going to be the year. And the, and the Chiefs are not the same as they were, which helps, no. but – I think this is the year that Buffalo's going to pop them in the mouth during the regular season, and there's a good likelihood that they could meet, obviously, in the playoffs, and I think Buffalo will get it done Yeah, in both games. Uh, yeah, Chiefs are really struggling on defense. Obviously, they put on an offensive clinic against Philadelphia last week, but Philadelphia is not a great team, and Philadelphia was honestly with hanging with them right up into they the were. fourth quarter. So. Uh, Bills are a much more complete team. They definitely have a, a much better run, rushing offense that will probably reduce some of the time that Patrick Mahomes and that offense is on the field. So, uh, yeah, I've got the Bills in this one. I think all of us took Buffalo, which is another reason why I was like, yeah, maybe I go Chiefs on this I one. I know. Uh, it's no. fine. It's fine. If we all pick them, we can't lose the game there, so. Uh, and then finally, we've got oh, yeah. on Monday night, Colts going into the Ravens. Colts coming off a win. Ravens as well. Who you got in that one? I definitely have Baltimore in this game. Um, it just comes down to team dynamic. Again, I think Baltimore just has um, – they're better on both sides of the ball. And Indianapolis has struggled, so – it's, I mean, again, they did come off a win, so there's that. But I just think Baltimore is going to uh, control the tempo of this game. They'll get their run game going, and it'll be all Baltimore all day. Yeah. Yeah, I also picked Baltimore. I think everyone else had, did as well. So um, this is one that I think Baltimore, like you said, will, will probably dominate on both sides of the ball. So uh, Colts. For, for as much positivity as they had coming into this season, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they really just haven't looked that good. Yeah. Uh, when you put your defense out there all day, obviously they're not going to be able to, to hang. So I think some of it's the offense, but obviously defense probably isn't what they were last year either. So, um, yeah, I think that wraps up our picks for the week. 
Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we cut her, cut her loose? No, I don't think so. Just that uh, we were a little late getting picks in, so we don't have an updated um, standings. We'll we'll make sure to get that in the next one. Do you have updated standings? Oh, let, let's hear them. All right. So I converted it to win percentage since Raf joined late. Um, let me just pull up nice. the spreadsheet here. But getting real good at Excel again. <laughs> so through four weeks, um, all three of us are tied at 41 wins, 23 losses, which puts our win percent, wow. our, our pick percentage at 64%. And then Raf joined last week. He went 10 and 6, which puts him at 0.625, so 62.5% uh, for his pick. So he's just a little bit below Almost us. got him a gift card. Yeah, but last week he went 10 and 6, which John and I both went 9 and 7. You went 10 and 6. So if he would have just picked Cleveland like the rest of us in that Jacksonville game, or sorry, Cincinnati in that Jacksonville game, he would have he would have won yeah. the gift card. So as always, we invite you guys to put in your picks as well. Just make sure you have them in before the Thursday night football game. You can do that on either Facebook, Twitter, uh, or Instagram. Whatever. we got all three. And then, obviously, any questions you have for us, we love that interaction. I posted this on Facebook, but we have seen some, some reviews come in and some ratings on Apple Podcasts. Or yeah, Apple Podcast, which is our our main place to to get those reviews. So, seen a couple of those come in. So again, thank you for for putting those in, whoever you were, and we hope you continue to enjoy this podcast, and we'll, we'll keep pump, pumping them out. So thanks for joining, and we hope you guys have a great night. <laughs>